If you have a Bible this morning, uh, I want to invite you to find the book of Matthew. Matthew, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, and it is so great to, to see you all here today. If you're watching online, we just want to send a special welcome uh, to you. We're excited that you are here uh, as well. And, and understand this, church, wherever you are right now, you have an opportunity to experience God through, through his very word. Uh, and there are places all around the world Uh, that simply do not have access to this moment right here that you and I have. And we so often take this for granted. Uh, We so often, it's just not a big deal. We'll we'll stay home and work on our yard instead of coming to church. Or when we come here, we just kind of come to put in our time when there are literally people around the world who are dying for this moment. Like seriously, people who do not have access to the Bible. The Bible is not in their language And they're trying to figure out how to serve God any way that uh, they can. Millions and millions and millions of people around the world are living in places where it's against the law to pray. And it's against the law to sing and to study. People are in prison for this. People are living without a mom or a dad uh, because a parent was executed for this, okay? So so let's not take this lightly. This does matter. Uh, Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at these specific encounters uh, from the story of Jesus where where people in one way or another had a, a physical encounter with the very Son of God. See, Jesus walked this earth. Uh, Jesus was a real person who lived in a real place and lived at during like a real time in history, and incredible things seemed to happen and follow him everywhere that he went. Uh, people who encountered Jesus seemed to leave that encounter completely different, and I am crazy fired up to show you one of these encounters today, all right? So uh, that's enough of an introduction. Please stand with me all over this place, and we're going to... Uh, We're going to start by reading a portion of scripture together. This is Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to read and start reading in verse number 1. So follow along with me as I read and get us started today. Here's what it says. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anybody, anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. All right, let's pray. God, we, uh, we ask for you to move and we ask for you to do the things that only you can do. And go, Lord, I pray that as we open up your very word and as we talk through this and we study this together, Lord, I pray that something so significant would happen. Lord, right now we, we stand and we sit in expectancy uh, on the edge of our seats, leaning into you today. Lord, we give you this time and we take this serious, oh God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, quick question before we start. Before we start, How many of you at some point yesterday found yourself whining a little bit about the weather? Like, be honest, be honest. I know, like, come on. You be, some of you are lying, okay? Uh, now, how many of you turned on your air conditioning for the first time? Okay, how many of you, 
How many of you live in a home where uh, the one who's in charge of the air conditioning is like, nope, we ain't turning on our air conditioning till July. Anyone? That's you? Okay. All right. Wow. We've got uh, some, of, some of those air conditioning crazy people. That's all right. That's all right. You are saving like $32 though, so go ahead and... <laughs> All right, that's, there we go. Uh, I, I know that we're all sick of talking about COVID, uh, but how many of you have had someone in your family that has had to quarantine this past year? Let me see your hands. Wow, look at that. Uh, crazy. Uh, you, can't, you can't go to work, you can't go to school, you can't go to church because of COVID. My hand's up here as well. Um, if you have a student in the public school, uh, like, you have probably experienced this in some way in your family or something like that. In fact, it's interesting for us to talk to the students as they come on Wednesday nights. We have this fantastic youth program, 6th through 12th graders that come. And uh, like we had a small group of students that had to quarantine at some point because someone on their bus had COVID and that came back and they couldn't go to school for two weeks. We've had others that had to quarantine because someone on their sports team ended up with COVID and now for two weeks they can't go to school and they can't go anywhere. Others, it was a positive case in one of their classrooms and now all of a sudden they can't go anywhere for two weeks. They're forced to stay home and the list goes on and on. And I know this isn't just for kids. Uh, I was talking to somebody just this week who said, yeah, I don't get to go to work for two weeks uh, because somebody at my workplace that I was near tested positive for COVID. And others of us, someone in your family or you yourself got sick and you or your family had to stay home and quarantine, okay, for two weeks and all of that. This was our story four, five, six weeks ago. I skipped church one week, not because I wanted to, but because we were sick at home. And, and so we had to quarantine and that's what our family had to do. Now, now listen, and let me make this so clear because even as I've been saying this, some of you are you're turning to the person next to you and say, this is so stupid, I just hate quarantining, okay? <laughs> like this is, uh, uh, I'm not here to debate COVID-19 protocols, that's not what we are here to do right now. That's not why I bring any of this up. Uh, I know where some of you stand. I've read your social media posts, okay? <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. I know where you stand, all right? Uh, but seriously, we are talking about a very divided uh, political even issue here, but that's not why we are here. Um, but I do want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine being forced to quarantine for the rest of your life. I want you to imagine that. Being forced to quarantine for the rest of your life like you cannot be around people at all in any way. You cannot go to work. You cannot go to school. You can't go to church. Why? Imagine this with me. Imagine you have a non-treatable, terminal, crazy, contagious disease. In fact, you are not only quarantined from work and school and church, you are quarantined from your family. Could you imagine that? Forever, for the rest of your life, from everybody that you love, not just for 10 or 14 days, the rest of your life. Doesn't that sound horrible? And it sounds absolutely crazy, but it's the situation of the man in our story today. That's his situation. This man, he's not given a name. In fact, we have almost zero details about this man at all. 
but the single detail that we are given about him is enough for us to piece together this man's life. The story simply calls him a man with leprosy. A man with leprosy. And today, understand, this disease called leprosy uh, is not really a big deal in our part of the world. Why? Because, because we have medicine. We, know, we fully know how to treat it. It is almost non-existent at all in America. There are places around the world, though. When I went to, when I went to Calcutta, India, they still had what were called leper colonies that were outside of the city. But listen, listen to this right here. In the time of Jesus, leprosy was pretty much the scariest thing in the world. Very few things brought more fear than this disease known of as leprosy. Leprosy was nasty. I thought about showing you pictures of people with leprosy and I decided not to because, okay, you would understand. Uh, before leprosy kills you, uh, you go on this journey where different parts of your body start falling off. Seriously, your fingers start to die and they fall off of your body. Your toes start to die, and they fall, your ears and your nose would just die and fall off. The ends, okay, like, it is this constant pain with constant open wounds, the most horrendous physical thing that you could imagine, and during the time of Jesus, there is no cure, and even more crazy and even more scary is how it was transmitted. Because leprosy, like imagine this with me, imagine with me if cancer was spread simply by touching somebody. Can you imagine? If stage three cancer, stage four cancer was spread from one person to the next in our culture by simply touching somebody, that right there describes leprosy in the first century. It was so bad that part of the Bible actually outlines how to handle this disease in that culture. It was part of the Jewish law that God gave Moses, and it's still part of our Bible today. Let me just read you one short part of this, and we're all just kind of setting up this story in this way. This is from a book of the Bible called Leviticus, way back. Uh, it's the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, third book in your Bible. Here's what it says, chapter 13, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. Some of you got that part down. Okay. All right, moving on. That wasn't in my notes. They must cover their mouth and call out unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. That's a religious thing, okay? They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Now this right here was written for anyone that has any sort of a skin disease of any kind, whether it's temporary or not, they had to go through and live this way. Uh, leprosy would be on the side of the scale that is uncurable, that does not go away. We have a mess, okay? So let me explain quickly. Leviticus chapter 13 is almost three entire pages of your Bible. This is just a little piece that I read. And it's 100% about skin diseases and how to handle it. And when it's determined that a person has a serious, contagious skin disease, something has to be done, otherwise everybody around them will catch it. That's the issue here. And so just, just being clear, in the first century, if someone in your family has a contagious, deadly disease, 
just realistically, they can no longer live with you. Piece that together. Contagious, deadly, they, they can no longer interact with you. And so to protect society, to protect healthy people in their culture, these sick people had to do some very specific things. First, they had to keep themselves looking like junk, tear their clothing, not comb their hair, and they had to walk around with their mouth covered. We're, this, this is not a pro-mask thing, but okay. They, seriously, they had to walk around with their mouth covered. They had to look this certain way, and if anyone gets even remotely close to them, they have to scream out, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is the way that they have to live, and that's not all. They were to live in isolation outside the camp. They were to live outside of the city. They were to 100% all the time quarantine themselves from everybody away from their family, away from their friends. Put yourself in the shoes of this man from our story here for a moment. How long has it been since this man has been able to hug his kids? How long has it been since this man was able to even sit next to somebody? How long has it been since he's been able to go to the temple or the synagogue to worship their version of the church? You talk about mental illness, you talk about an emotional life that is as unhealthy and lacking as you could. We're like we're talking about a day, day after day after day after day. This is your life, complete isolation, complete separation. This is a sad, horrendous way to live. And oh yeah, you're physically dying in the process. And in that process, your body parts are falling off. You have like open nasty wounds on your skin all the time. This one phrase, a man with leprosy, is so deep and so full of information. And it's easy for us as Americans to just read past that, isn't it? What this would have meant in this culture, what, like this is the man from our story. So with all of that knowledge now and, and the emotions that go with that, let's see what happens next. Here we go. Verse one, it says this, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Why is Jesus up on a mountainside with the crowd? Okay, the chapters before this, this is Matthew chapter eight, Matthew five, six, and seven are famous chapters in the Bible that tell about an event called the Sermon on the Mount where we have Jesus preaching this, teaching this amazing sermon to this massive thousand people crowd on the side of a mountain, okay? And, and we have like the whole sermon written down, three massive chapters, okay? So this happens next. So here's, okay, uh, here's what we need to understand. There are people everywhere, here, large crowd is what it talks about following Jesus. This matters when we're talking about someone who should be quarantining. Agreed? All right. Verse number two, suddenly a man with leprosy approached him, that's Jesus, and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now picture this with me, picture this. Don't miss this. There's a large crowd of people. They are following Jesus down this massive hill and this man with this incurable, deadly, contagious disease, uh, Neil approaches Jesus, kneels down before him and says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So a few things to note here. Large crowd of people. Do you hear that? Did you catch that? And the story says this man approaches Jesus. 
Let's just be clear here. This man should not be approaching anybody. Are you with me? He should be avoiding people. He's supposed to announce to everybody to stay away from me. Uh, like, not actually move towards people. Can you imagine this scene playing out for a moment? Crowd of, state fair crowd of people everywhere. And everybody knows this, this man, because this is not M Minneapolis or Chicago. This is small town. And someone like this, you know who he is. You know what he has. You know to stay away from him. And this man starts running at you, approaching Jesus in this way. One of the commentaries I read about this story said that it was typical for people to throw rocks at people who have leprosy. They're not like trying to hurt him. They're just trying to keep him away. That, that's what we have right here. Communicating, stay away. This man is breaking the law. This man is endangering this crowd of people. Like, uh, any, anybody recently been in a store or a place with a bunch of people and you had something in your throat during COVID? Have you, have you had that experience? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You desperately need to cough or whatever, uh, but you're like, Every, what's everyone going to think? You know, and uh, I feel like I can't even clear my throat in Walmart over the past year. And you're like, I don't know what to do. Okay, people are going to look at me all weird, uh, like adjusting their mask to fit tight, pulling their children further away from you. Okay, you, you get it. Um, but this scene, this scene with Jesus would have been absolute madness, absolute craziness. This man, this sick man, this contagious man breaks the law and approaches Jesus. And we're not talking about COVID. As serious as this has been for some people, we're still at a crazy high percentage of people surviving COVID. We're talking about a different type of thing here when we're talking about leprosy in the first century. All right? Uh, and if this was anybody else but Jesus, they would have responded with, get away from me. Right? Get away from me. But look how Jesus responds. Verse number three, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Not only does Jesus not freak out, not yell at this guy, not push him away. Jesus reaches out and touches this man with the contagious skin disease. And instantly this man is supernaturally healed. The disease is gone. Verse four, then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Interesting, we'll talk through this in a moment. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Don't tell anybody what in the world is going on here. Okay, Jesus here is following the law. Not, not the law of his culture. This is the law that God has set out it, through Moses uh, in, this, in the book of Leviticus and other places as well. And the law said that for someone to be declared clean from any sort of a skin disease at all, contagious in this way, that they had to go to the priest. This is not Catholic priest here. No Catholics in the story right now. That came hundreds of years later. This is a Jewish priest, okay? Go to the Jewish priest, and they needed to be examined by this priest, and he needs to give this, his stamp of approval. Otherwise, 
You'd have people covering up all their sores, like pretending not to be sick, just to not have to live in isolation and all chaos. Okay, this is from the Jewish law, from the Bible, how you handle a situation like this. Jesus is saying, if you, if you just start living your life as normal, people are gonna question. People aren't gonna understand. So go through the proper channels here. The priest will declare that you are clean. This will be a public testimony for all to see and all to hear about. Okay, that's our story right there. And we could just go right now with the amazingness of what this is. But I wanna just give you two observations about this. Write this down if you're taking notes, okay? Number one is this. Jesus reached out and touched the untouchable. And I don't think we can overlook this right here because the reality is Jesus could have healed this man in any way he wanted. We have all sorts of accounts in the life of Jesus where he heals people without touching them. At one point he's like, here, go, go wash your face and whatever. Okay? At another point he spits in mud and the guy puts mud in his eyes. Like Jesus, Jesus could have just been, he could have just said, you know, jump on one foot seven times uh, and you will be healed. Jesus oftentimes just spoke and people were healed. I believe, and everybody I read agrees with me, Jesus touching this man with a contagious skin disease is a massively important part to understanding something in this story like that it is it is unfathomable in this culture for someone to on purpose touch someone with leprosy that makes no sense why would you ever do that like this very disease is passed from one person to another by physical touch, by skin-to-skin -skin contact. Jesus completely on purpose touches this man like he did not have to do this, all right? Uh, and, and there is a purpose. There's a message to be sent here. There's something that Jesus is teaching. A couple things. First, first, listen to this. You may feel like you are too far gone. You may feel like there is zero hope for you and hope for your situation, for your loved one. But the picture here is very simple. There is no one that is too far gone for Jesus. There's nobody too, this man was physically gone. He was physically gone. Everybody else around saw him as a hopeless case. Everyone else around, like a lost cause. I'm sure they felt pity on him and felt sorry for him, but there was nothing that could be done. There's nothing anybody could do here. And Jesus walks into that impossible, lost cause situation, and he says, bam, what? That was for my daughter. That was, that was right there. Just wanted you to know that, okay. All right. And he says, he says forget this. And he reaches out and he touches and he reaches out and he, touch, he touches this untouchable man. He touches him, touches the untouchable. But I also believe there's a second part to this. And this is, uh, this, is, this is powerful. See, listen to this. I believe Jesus is also trying to communicate to the crowd and to communicate to his followers and to communicate to us, listen to this, that we, if, if we are on this Jesus train, then we are to bring healing to this world. We are to bring hope to hopelessness. We are to do things that normal people will not do, to talk to people that everybody else seems to avoid. I mean, I mean, think about this with me for a moment. Who in your life is, is there that everyone else has kind of written off? 
the person that you work with that sits all alone? Who in your life are other people just kind of avoiding? The kid in your school that nobody seems to care about, that neighbor that everybody seems to avoid. As followers of Christ, Jesus has shown us so clearly touching the untouchable is just a part of what we do. It's a part of what we do. Let's be a church. Let's be Christians that do that. Come on, somebody. Yeah, three of us agree. This story challenges me to act, all right? Uh, Second, and just kind of the final observation from this story before we move on. This Jesus has always been and will always be in the business of changing lives. That's good. In this story, we have a very literal picture of an unclean person becoming clean. It's this story of before and after. And though this specific story is about a physical disease and physical healing, this story is a perfect picture of what Jesus is still doing in people today. See, understand this, the Bible talks about sin as as this incurable disease. And, And it's messy, and it's destructive, and it's rancid, and it destroys and ruins things. And like this man, we've all, we all find ourselves in a situation where there is absolutely nothing that we can do. We are a mess on the inside as humans who are fallen, humans who are sinful, and there is no way that we can work our way out of this. And in in fact, listen, we, we we could go around this room right now and we could talk to people and we could say, man, I used to be like this. My life used to be a train wreck mess. The things that I've done and the places that I've been and the people that I've hurt, and yet now, that, that's the before. And, but there's an after when Jesus entered the picture for me. And it doesn't mean things aren't, aren't, aren't a little bit messy at times here, but, but Jesus in his grace covers that stuff up and helps me. And it's a story of before and after. It's a story of, of, of death to life, of clean, of unclean to clean. And all of, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Listen to this. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. This is the picture. Music team, will you please come? This is the picture that we see in a very literal way, a physical way. That This story of this man with leprosy is a, is a physical example of what Jesus is still doing on the inside for all of us, for anyone who will call on his name, for anyone who will go after him, for anyone who profess their faith in him. Jesus is in the business of transformation, of new creation, of freedom and mercy and grace. And listen, if you are here this morning and you are feeling the weight of your sin, like, and in a way you can kind of relate to this man with leprosy on the on the inside you may cover it up you may try to push it all down and maybe nobody knows the junk that's on the inside of you the things you do in secret 
the mess that is deep down. See, I believe, I believe that God has to be sharing this exact story in this exact moment for you, if that's you. Only Jesus' healing touch can miraculously take away your sin and restore us to real living. But first, listen to this, just like the person with leprosy, we must realize our inability to cure ourselves and to ask for Jesus' saving help. And we're going to end this morning just singing about the amazing grace of our God. A grace that knows the mess that we're in, that we've been in, that knows the things we've done and the places we've been, that knows every piece of our past, knows our secrets. Yet, it's this incredible mercy, this incredible amazing grace and love of a God who has made a way for people and a Jesus that is still in the business of changing people's lives. Will you please stand with me all over this place? Just like this man with leprosy, without Jesus, without Jesus, your, your inside situation is hopeless. It is dire. There is nothing that you can do. We are all sin-filled people. We are all people that have not measured up. We all, we all have made a mess of things. I don't care how good you think you are, how many church services you've been to or whatever, how many prayers you've prayed. Like, the things that we do, the things that we think, every single one of us, none of us have lived up to God's standard of perfection. We've made a mess of things. And the situation is hopeless and dire without Jesus. Just like this man. He has, he has a hopeless situation. His leopard, there's nothing he can do. There's no doctors that can fix him. There's no medicine that can cure this. He is to quarantine himself for the rest of his life until his body falls apart and he dies. Hopeless situation. Jesus walks into this hopeless situation with this hopeless man and he brings hope. And he changes things in an instant. And it's, do you see the picture here? Inside, this is us. This is you and this is me. And maybe you're here today and you can feel the weight of your sin. You know that you're not right with God. You know that you have made a mess of things. It begins right now with you making this decision that I cannot do it on my own. It's only by the grace of God and the amazing love of Jesus Christ. He's the one that I need. And with no one looking around, with no one looking around, just a time of privacy and reflection before we're done, how many in this place would just simply say, I need, I need to receive this amazing grace of God even for the very first time. For the very first time, I have never responded to Jesus. I've never done this declared him as Lord of my life. I've never done this and I need to do that today. If that's you, will you just show me your hand? Just show me your hand. I'm not asking if you've been baptized or been confirmed or been to church. Have you ever, like it's, it's an inside heart thing where you, where you declare, Jesus, I, I need you. If you're watching online right now, you can respond to this as well just hit a little button that says we want you to respond respond raise a hand whatever it says anyone in this place church can we just pray together every one of us let's just pray to kind of help those who are responding today pray
pray this. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Let's go. Amazing grace, oh God, we worship you today. The other piece to this, for those of us who are followers of Christ, we have a responsibility to touch the untouchable, to reach out to those that other people are avoiding. And I think the mission this week and what God is just kind of showing us would lead us to say, okay, this week, this week, God, help us to see those people. Help us to see the people that everyone else is overlooking. Help us to see the people that, that are all by themselves. Help us to see the people that other people are throwing out, people that have seemed hopeless in so many different ways in their life. And let's be people and let's be a church that touches the untouchable. Amen? God, I pray that as we walk out these doors today, that we would be overwhelmed by your great goodness and what you have done, how you have changed things for so many. We thank you for the before and after picture of our lives and the people that we love. Lord, we love you and we need you. And I pray, God, that as we walk out, Lord, that we would be more aware of the people around us, God, and your heart for them and our mission and our purpose as followers of you. Lord, we love you and we need you. And it's in the powerful, wonderful, life-changing name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said...